Hey guys, and welcome back to The Playbook. Today, unfortunately, we are without our superstar co-host, Sammy J, which is away for work. So I'm going to be riding solo in the studio. Shit is about to get weird. I know I'm useless. This is probably the right time to turn it off, switch it off. If you like this, let's hit the intro. Coming in at six foot four, number one, Patty's Playbook. Hey guys, I'm your host Patty, and welcome to Patty's Playbook, the show for all you sports lovers out there. We cover NRL, NBA, NFL, plus many more sports. You can find us on Instagram at Patty's Playable. I can hear the sport calling us. Let's dive into this episode, baby. All right, so it's been another huge week in rugby league in the NRL. Round six, done and dusted. So let's just start with some news and hot topics around the league. So from last week, Sharks coach John Morris will not be with the Sharks for next year. And then he's been sacked immediately. We talked about this last week, who's going to be there. And I'm not going to carry on about this topic, but I think it would have been fair to let him finish this season off. Just let him finish it with the boys. This club, Cronulla, means or meant so much to It meant everything to him. It means so much to him. He was in that press conference gutted, crying. It's just, yeah, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it, but not going to carry on. I believe he should have been able to finish his contract out this year with the boys. Over the weekend, the Friday's game, Storm admit to exploiting the NRL interchange rule. I said this two weeks ago. I said this two weeks ago with the new 18th man rule and interchange rules. I wasn't a fan. Every rule you bring into this competition, in all sporting codes, coaches are going to manipulate, teams are going to exploit to get tactical advantages, to get the best out of it, and transition that into performance to try and win. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. I don't blame the Storm for doing this. They're smart. Every team's going to want to be doing this. Other teams have done this. So there's nothing here. In my opinion, I think it all comes from above, the people making the calls and the rules above the teams. And it's, it's one of those rules. They came out at the start of the year and said, we're going to put this rule down and it will most likely be adjusted throughout the year and improved or changed. So this rule has been investigated and it will be most likely changed. So to stop that issue, the NRL is investigating the storm though with the Harry Grant concussion. So he was concussed apparently, but before he went off, he was able to score a try and be involved in some try-scoring activities, so the NRL are investigating the Melbourne Storm for that incident. We'll see where that goes. Um, yeah, the, All this concussion talk, is it's crazy. It's crazy. I, I don't know how far you go down the rabbit hole. I don't have an expertise in this, but all the research that's out there from American football transitioning to the NRL with concussion, it's a serious thing. It can affect you long-term after football. Yeah, it's a serious topic. I don't know where to go. I'm just sitting on the back fence, watching it all, trying to un- understand it all. So. Bulldogs prop Jack Hetherington is facing a six-week suspension after a head-high tackle on Valentine Holmes. I love this bloke. I love his aggression, but he has to control it. Something has to happen here. That's his sixth charge in 29 games of first grade. Six charges. Unfortunately, he's a liability to the team. He's letting his teammates down, and I don't know where you go. As I said, I love, you. I love his aggression, the way he plays, 100 miles an hour. Doesn't back down, but... You've got to control that. You've got to control that. So we move on. Latrell Mitchell also facing a suspension this week after a few incidents. He lashed out with his elbow or his forearm to David Nofaluma. Think what you think of that. 
and there was he copped a fine for a, a kick on Luke Garner. Luke Garner was hanging on to his leg. I don't really buy into this. Luke Garner to let go of his leg. This incident wouldn't occur. People calling Latrell Mitchell dirty. I don't think it's I don't think he's that much of a dirty player. It's simple. Garner doesn't hold onto his leg. This incident doesn't happen. I think we move on. I don't really read into too much of this. Just a media beat up. Titans big Tino facing suspension for a shoulder charge. Likely to miss one or two weeks. We'll see where that goes with the judiciary on Wednesday. And for future news here, we've got Sharks halfback, Chad Townsend, linked with the Cowboys from 2022 onwards. Also, the Sharks have signed Storm, Queensland and Australian star Will Chambers for the remainder of the 2021 season. So you'll see his name in and around the team list in the coming weeks. It'll be interesting to see how he goes. Been away from the game for two or three years now. The way the game's gone, the speed of the game, I hope he's ready to rumble because it's going to be tough to come back into these conditions. So we'll see how he goes. Also, Jackson Hastings has signed with the West Tigers for a two-year deal starting in 2022. So he's coming over back from England. It'll be interesting to see how he goes. And Sean Johnson, I love this bloke. I can't wait to see him back. He is back with his teammates after completing rehab from a torn Achilles. Stay tuned for Teamless Tuesday at 4 p.m. today. He might be there. If not, I'm expecting to see him in the next week. So really exciting news for Sean Johnson and Sharks fans. He's an absolute superstar of this game, and I can't wait to see him back. So we'll move on to a quick little recap. As I said, I'm by myself in the studio today. Don't want to bore you guys out. We'll just run through it nice and quickly. Talk about what's happened over the week with the games and any highlights and my opinions and whatnot. So Thursday night, Panthers 20 defeat the Broncos 12. Panthers just scraped home here, in my opinion, to get the W. Brisbane were the better side and deserved the win. So the Broncos destroyed the Panthers with the middle third and dominated the ruck. In my opinion, I believe they just lacked that polish on the end of sets. Just, just if it was an extra kick, an extra pass, just to keep building momentum, whatever it was, they just lacked polish. So for Penrith, they proved they're a solid team and they managed to get the victory regardless. A win's a win, doesn't matter how you get it. Two competition points at the end of the week is it's essential. So they got that done. I just need a pump a young gun, Brian Toto's tires up a little bit because this bloke, in my opinion, is the best winger in the competition. He's the best winger in the NRL right now, in form. He leads the league in run meters, post-contact meters, and tackle breaks. He's just a freak. Even on this match, he had 25 runs for over 270 meters with 15 tackle breaks. And I honestly think he'll be wearing sky blue jersey in Origin 1. So stay tuned for that. That's just my opinion. If you disagree, give it to me. Let me know. Friday. Knights 26, defeat the Sharks 22. So, last week I said it, it was a must win for Newcastle, and then their superstar Caleb Pongham led them to victory. He had over 170 run meters, two line breaks, two tries, two try assists, two line break assists, eight tackle breaks. Second game back from injury, and he stood up. There's no doubt Ponga is a superstar of this game, but personally, I need to see performances like this week in, week out to be in the discussions with your teddies, your pappies, the trails, etc. All I need is just consistency week in, week out. There's no, there's no doubt he's got that superstar level, the talent, the big players when it matters, but I just need those little one percenters from him week in, week out, and he will be up there, elite, elite player. So good on him. For the Sharks, I thought it was a gutsy performance from what we talked about before, the coaching saga, that's all settled down now. Would have been a tough week for them with the media. But they led this match with three minutes to go and unfortunately couldn't hang on. So I'm glad they showed some grit and 
it's something to build off for them next week. If they're going to be in matches and be a tough, gritty side, they're, they're going to win a few more matches this year. So good signs for the Sharks, I think. Storm defeat the Roosters. In my opinion, the Storm are in control most of this match. The first half, there was plenty of drop balls from both sides. It was actually just a bit of a shit show, pretty pathetic football. Just I expected a high quality contest, but the first half wasn't like that. In the second half, Melbourne found momentum and they ran away with it. The dynamic duo of Harry Grant and Brandon Smith, absolutely fantastic. They were electric around the ruck, and I think it's scary times ahead for the rest of the competition. Roosters, it's just so many injuries, so many injuries. They've got so many players out. I feel those players will be coming back in the next few weeks, but they've even got more injuries with Takiaho, Warrior Hargraves. It's, it's tough. All right, now Saturday, Seagulls 36, defeat the Titans nil. This was mind-boggling. I did not expect this. So, the return of six-foot-four, long-legged giraffe Tommy Turbo. He's back, and he was incredible. I knew Manly needed him back badly, but I didn't think he would be able to turn the team around like he did on the weekend. He was involved in absolutely everything, and his addition made DCA and Fozzer more comfortable. They were just—they looked like their old selves from back in 2011. It was awesome. So, so I've actually got some exclusive breaking news on the playbook. I've been chatting to various die-hard Manly fans over the weekend, and they are willing to provide Turbo with their personal hamstrings to keep him fit and healthy on the field for the remainder of the season, to keep Manly season afloat. They're happy to go in right now, into theatre, into surgery, cut their hammies up, get them ready for Turbo, strap him in because they need him on the field. So I don't blame them. When you're looking at a bloke with that much talent, coming back from hamstring after hamstring, also, I know someone who's already put their application in to assist the Manly doctors to become the head masseuse over there for the Seagulls. They want to warm Tommy up prior to every game, get in deep, just give him a good rub, get him out on the field, and they reckon they can really have a great influence and impact on this bloke. But for me, the most impressive thing about the victory is they kept the Gold Coast Titans to nil. Big Des will be extremely proud, and it just gives their, this team that struggled at the start of the year, now they're kind of building some momentum. It just gives them some building blocks to work with, in my opinion. So good on Manly for that win. For the Titans, it's a huge wake-up call. It brings them back to earth, I think. Their coach has already admitted it after the game in the press conference. So I have no doubt the Titans will bounce back in the coming weeks. They know that was, that was not good enough. So we move on. Saturday, 5.30, Rabbitohs, 18, defeat the Tigers, 14. This game had it all. It was a crazy finish. And I feel sorry for the West Tigers fans. They, they brought it to the Rabbitohs in this game. They were revved up. They were all fired up. The Tigers led for most of the game. I thought Jake Simpkins on debut was awesome in hooker. He had a red-hot crack mode of a 55 tackles. But the Bunnies were saved by a huge two-point field goal from Adam Reynolds. And then big Tommy Burgess crashes over in golden point for the victory. As I said, this match had it all. It was just a crazy finish. So Rabbitohs keep their winning going. Now, the last game on Saturday, the Eels 35 defeat the Raiders 10. The Parramatta Eels win their first match in Canberra in 15 years. They turned up, they bashed Canberra through the middle third, tough, simple game plan. And off the back of that, King Gutho, Mitch Moses run the show and they're able to work their magic. I thought Mitchell Moses was, he was pretty solid. He had a great game. He proved when he plays direct, he can be very dangerous. I always say he's just too lateral. This Eels attack, he's lateral side to side. You play direct, you can see how much damage you can do out there. He had a great game in my opinion. But the big news out of this match is Eels' new second row signing. Big Asaya Papalihi. Apparently, he's taken roughly a 200k pay cut to sign off the Eels. He's come from Warriors to Parramatta, and it looks like the signing of the year, in my opinion. He is awesome. He was awesome on the weekend. Two tries, two line breaks, five tackle breaks, one offload, 
over 150 run meters and made over 35 tackles. Just a very solid game. And he just looks grateful and hungry just to be in a, in a team that's, that's building momentum. Parramatta have started the year very well, so you can't fault them there. The Raiders, the Raiders haven't even had a warning shot in 2021 yet. Luckily, the season is long because they have time to, you know, turn this around, get some form, find out what works for them. But I'll, I'll leave this little thought with you guys. Josh Hodgson, amazing player, great talent, don't get me wrong. Last year, start of the year, Canberra, after coming off the grand final in 2019, they're a bit clunky last year, 2020 we're talking, a bit clunky at the start of the year. Josh Hodgson goes down, does his ACL. Everyone in the media, the Raiders are done, Canberra are done, they've lost their star hooker, their attack's going to struggle, Josh Hodgson holds the middle of the ruck and tightens it all up, he's a great leader, that's gone. We see a few weeks later, Canberra start putting it on. No Hodgson. They have a simple dummy half there. And you've got two running halves, Jack Whiten and George Williams. And they take over the show. They get the ball in their hand when they want it and they attack. So I've kind of got the belief that maybe the combination with Hodgson, he might be overplaying his hand in the middle there. Because you've got two gun running halves. As I said, Whiten, he's a daily M. Whiten is a daily M player of the year. When he wants the ball, you give it to him. And he's so strong and powerful. But Maybe they just haven't got that continuity and the, the combination figured out there. So that's all I can put it down to at the moment with their attack. I'm not blaming Hodgson. As I said, he's a great player, but maybe he, he might be overplaying his hand a little bit, but we'll see. There's plenty of time. Canberra should be able to turn around. They're a great team. They've got a great squad. So although Ricky Stewart did say he's going to swing the axe, there's a few players letting him down. So stay tuned for that. Sunday, Warriors 20 defeat the Dragons 14. So the Warriors snap the Dragons four game win streak. They were very gutsy and controlled the ball exceptionally. They completed 40 of 41 sets. That's 98% completion rate. Absolutely incredible. I always carry on about completion rates. Get that stat up, yo. That is awesome. So, Roger Tuovasashek, RTS continues to thrive. He just gives it his all every single match. What a player, what a leader. To know it's his last season in the NRL is just heartbreaking. It's just heartbreaking. So, for the Dragons... They weren't that bad, in my opinion. This loss, will it'll ground them out, make them understand they still have pr- plenty to do, plenty of improvements in there. I think it was more just the Warriors playing just a good, gutsy, solid game. They were pretty much perfect with the ball, so you can't, you can't fault that. I don't think the Dragons have too much to worry about there. The last game of the round, Cowboys 30, defeat the Bulldogs 18. So the poor doggies, fuck, they would be hurting. They would be stinging, still winless. I thought throughout this game, they showed glances of good signs after Jack Hetherington was sent off. They showed some grit, but surely, surely a win is around the corner for this side. They play tough footy. They, they compete for 80 minutes. It's not like they're not trying hard. They continue to compete. For the Cowboys, I thought Jake Granville was awesome when he came on. He changed the game, added direction and speed around the ruck. That was really, really impressive for me. And a win's a win for the Cowboys, so good on them. They might be able to go to another gear when Tamalolo's back. He's been missing some games with a broken wrist. And in training, apparently he's broken his other wrist now. So just crazy, crazy scenes there. So when he's back, they might be able to change things around, go to a next gear, but we'll see. So that's round six done and dusted. Player of the week. I've talked about it before. I know a few blokes willing to join the masseuse crew to rub him down. I might even rub him down. Because my player of the week is Tommy Turbo. To come back from an injury and dominate a red-hot Titan site was very impressive. He had nearly 200 runs, two try assists, two line break assists, two line breaks for himself, one try, one offload, and four tackle breaks. 
please stay fit and healthy because rugby league is so good with this bloke on the field. He's honestly a freak. He's a superstar of this game. And I've been seeing in the media the last few days, people already talking about resting for Origin or is he good enough for Origin? Honestly, shut that shit up right now. Let's just take this week by week with Tommy. There's no need to rush him. Let him settle back in. And when that time comes for Origin, we'll talk about it. But right now, take it week by week, day by day, because Manly need this bloke on the field and it proved how dominant he is. He's an absolute superstar. So my player of the week, Tommy Turbo. All right, let's talk about our recent injuries. Another week of carnage in the NRL. So Rabideau's Josh Mansour has a minor hamstring tear. Will be out for roughly four to six weeks. Tigers' Asu Kapoa, unfortunately, has suffered an ACL tear, and that's a six to nine month recovery. Warriors' Santa Pedahiku suffered a dislocated shoulder, and if he does the rehab option, that is three to six weeks, or he potentially might need surgery, which is three to six months. Storm Ryan Papenhuisen has a minor AC joint injury. Should be good for this round, if not one to two weeks away. Roosters front rower Siwa Takiaho has a moderate rib cartilage injury. That's one to three weeks. Eels second row Ryan Madison still suffering from concussion symptoms. I've heard this is a weekly or even a daily checkup to see how he's feeling. Some days he's good, other days headaches and whatnot, migraines. So that's, that's a really tricky one. Dragons Ben Hunt back running from an impact fracture of his fibula, potentially returning this week for the Anzac Day clash against the Roosters. Broncos Katoni Staggs hoping to return for round 10 after suffering an ACL injury last year. So he's recovering really nicely. And Panthers duo Appy Corusau and Dylan Edwards potentially returning this week. If not, they should be ready for next week in round 8. Alright, let's jump into our tips and predictions for round 7. So on Thursday night, the Penrith Panthers host the Newcastle Knights. Bias, but I'm tipping the Penrith Panthers. Obviously, they haven't lost a game. I think the Knights might be able to work some magic with Ponga back there, but they're still missing a lot of key players. I expect Penrith to come out of the gates red hot after the last week's lackluster performance. So tip Penrith. Friday, the Gold Coast Titans host the South Sydney Rabbitohs. So this is actually really interesting because Latrell Mitchell will most likely be missing games or he will be missing games after his antics on the weekend. Titans Tino, big Tino, he's going to miss a game. Titans are going to want to bounce back after last week. The Rabbitohs are still rolling. They did enough to win last week. I'm going to tip the Bunnies. But I will not be surprised if the Titans come out red hot at home and just rip in and play hard. So tip the Bunnies, but it could go either way. Next game, Parramatta Eels host the Brisbane Broncos up in Darwin. So no, no questions here. Brisbane, unfortunately, are still struggling. I think the Eels were too strong in this one. They just have to play a simple game style. They're big forwards up the middle. Let Mitch Moses and Gutho work off the back of that, and it should be a pretty controlled, dominant win, in my opinion, for the Eels. Saturday, the Sharks host the Bulldogs. I'm tipping the Sharks. They've still, they've still got a lot to play for this year. They could still make the eight. They've, they're in and around that mix, fighting for that seventh or eighth spot. Doggies, a win is coming, a win is coming, but I'm not sure if it's this week, so I will tip the Sharks. Next game, the North Queensland Cowboys will host the Canberra Raiders. Now, we talked about the Raiders before their attack. It's a bit clunky. Well, North Queensland have not impressed me at all, so I'm going to tip the Raiders. I feel like this is a bounce-back win. We'll get some confidence back in their troops, so Canberra should be too strong in that one. Now, Sunday, the West Tigers host the Manly Sea Eagles. Said it last week, when Tommy Turbo's in there, you've got to tip Manly. 
Look what he did last week against the Tigers, who did play well last week. Very gutsy against the Rabbits, but I feel like Manly can continue this winning streak, can keep building momentum. So I'm going to tip the Sea Eagles in that one. Should be a close match, really close gritty game I'm expecting from this. Now the big one, the historic Anzac Day clash between the Sydney Roosters and St. George Illawarra Dragons. This has it all. I'm going to have to go for the Roosters, but I'm not confident. I'm not confident. They're missing a lot of troops. And these matches are always tough, close. I'll go the Roosters, but I'm not confident. I honestly think the Dragons can do a number on the Roosters this week. I honestly think the Dragons can do a number. So stay tuned for that. That's going to be a crack up 4 p.m. on Sunday. And to close out the round, down at Amy Park in Melbourne, the Melbourne Storm will host the New Zealand Warriors. I don't think you can question Melbourne at home. Warriors, Warriors are kind of the, the Storm bogey side. They do put these performances together that sh- make the Storm struggle a bit. But yeah, I think Melbourne will be too strong, too red hot. So this Sunday is Anzac Day. So round seven of the National Rugby League competition will obviously be the traditional Anzac round. It's a very prestigious, emotional, important day in Australian history. If you get time, please go down to your local dawn service on Sunday. Show your respects, show, show your commiserations, and enjoy the football. Enjoy the fucking footy, guys. We can't wait. Round seven. Good luck to everyone out there. Good luck to our tipsters. Get your tips in. Keep chasing that cash. Let's go. Thank you for listening to Paddy's Playbook. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It's much appreciated. Don't forget to check out our Instagram page, at Paddy's Playbook. We post fun, engaging content every single day. Once again, we really appreciate your support. See you next time. Let's go.